Hey listener, Paolo here. This may seem an unusual procedure speaking to you before the podcast begins, but we have a not-that-unusual subject. I make lo-fi music under the name Lady Longhorn, and I just recently finished my first album, Black Fox. I don't have many opportunities to advertise this fact, so I figured I would take advantage of having my own podcast and play something from the album before we get into the episode. While I'm advertising, I'd like to also plug Carrie's websites, CarrieChafee.com and CarrieMadeThis.Threadless.com, where you can buy paintings and clothing, or even commission artwork from the artist herself. And let's not forget the Secret Cinemas store at TheSecretCinemaPodcast.Threadless.com, which should have some new t-shirt designs in the upcoming year. Anyway, the song I'm about to play is titled Riding Crop. If you would like to hear more Lady Longhorn, check out ladylonghorn.bandcamp.com, where you can stream Black Fox for free. I'm also giving away free downloads of the album while supplies last, so if you're interested, DM me on Twitter or message me on Facebook. Now, from the album Black Fox by Lady Longhorn, here's Riding Crop.
this time has been inside you. I want to go deep inside your ear. Let me curl around it and sleep inside you. Stop it! The spiral is deep inside you. Deep inside your ear. The spiral is in your ear. The spiral. the film podcast that was made for you! I'm Paolo Carone, my co-host is Carrie Chafee, and today we're joined by R.J. Hansen to discuss Higuchinsky's 2000 bizarro horror film, Uzumaki. I'm sure most of you noticed that our opening sample featured vocal cameos by Carrie and I. Uzumaki is entirely in Japanese, so all three of the dialogue samples used in this week's episode needed to be dubbed. Long-time listeners know that we haven't really done this before, so the timing might be a little off, and the translation is only as good as the subtitles provided by the DVD. But hey, it's better than nothing. Here's Carrie with the plot summary. In the small town of Kurozucho, an obsession is slowly taking over and curling into the minds of the townsfolk. Kyrie and Shuichi, a young couple in the town, notice that their parents can't seem to get enough of a specific shape, the spiral. As the town becomes mesmerized by the spiral, Kyrie and Shuichi find reality is spinning out of control. Can Kyrie and Shuichi unwind the town's latest craze, or will they get thrown for a loop? The relationship between protagonists Kirie and Shuichi is positioned as the emotional core of the film's bizarre plot, but it never develops enough to be relatable or even interesting. Our first clip, which features Kirie and Shuichi's longest uninterrupted conversation in the entire film, is basically as complex as it gets. Here's that clip. I don't get why we need tests. It's okay for someone smart like you, Shuichi. I could keep up in middle school pretty easy. Not now, in high school, though. Especially math. I can't get it. Makes me dizzy. So... Yeah? What? I saw your dad on the street a while ago. He was filming a snail shell. But maybe it wasn't him? It was dark. It was him. 
He's weird lately. Is he? Kinda, yeah. You don't look well these days either. Too much studying, maybe? I think you can relax a bit. You'll get into a good university. Your grades are great. And... Kirie. Will you elope with me? What? Elope? No, you can't, can you? Right out of the blue? There's a time for everything. Sorry. Forget I said it. Let's go. Shuichi. Most of the film conveys the spiral madness befalling the characters through purely visual means, with only a small handful of scenes trying to put a victim's thought process into words. In our second and final clip, Mr. Saito, Shuichi's father, pontificates on the art of the spiral as he films Mr. Goshima, Kirie's father, making pottery, and his words leave no doubt that he's got spiral brain. Here's that clip, and we'll see you on the other side for a discussion of Uzumaki. You get better and better, Mr. Goshima. You won the Midoriyama Exhibition Prize, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, that... that was just luck. No, no. Pottery's the truest of the arts. The one with the true spiral. The spiral? As art? I see. I do see. Spiral. Sometimes it makes me dizzy, I must admit. Marvelous. Well, Mr. Goshima, will you create me a piece? A platter that will really make my eyes spin. Make me one in a spiral pattern. So a platter with an uzumaki yes. pattern? A spiral. One that goes round and round and round. Round and round and round. Yes. All right. I'll do it. Excellent. You know, Mr. Goshima, when I see the spiral, I feel a sense of deepest mystery. You feel deepest mystery? I knew you'd understand, Mr. Goshima. The spiral is sublime. It is, in itself, the greatest work of art. And you are the great artist. Bringing it forth! Well, hello, everyone!
everyone. Welcome to The Secret Cinema. Uh, we have a new guest, a very exciting guest. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm RJ. Um, yeah, RJ's here! <laughs> RJ's here, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, and, well, no, you're here. That's important. That's important. And because yeah. of you, we're talking about today's movie. Yes. Yeah, you are the catalyst for today's uh, yes. podcast yes, yes, yes. episode. Um, and today we're going to be talking about the 2000 Japanese horror Horror. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> horror has a question mark after it. Yeah. Uh, horror movie... Uzumaki. Uh, it's credited as the uh, the director is credited as Higuchinsky, one of those mono uh, names. But uh, I looked up on Wikipedia, and according to Wikipedia, his actual name is Akihiro Higuchi. So uh, I wonder why he goes by Higuchinsky. He's trying to go for that like Polish. Wait, so it's like a pen name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah. uh he's not he is not a successful filmmaker, so it's a very short lived fed name. Wow, it's a wow. it's a Polish Japanese fusion. Yeah, those big markets. <laughs> Which uh, <laughs> is a restaurant I would definitely try. Polish Japanese fusion. Oh me too, actually. <laughs> <Like>, Japanese. <laughs> Ooh, nice fellow. All right. Um, but, uh, so, to kick it off, RJ, what did you think of this movie? Um, it was really boring. Um, <laughs> some really, really, uh, I'm a, I'm a sucker for overly stylized shots and cool camera effects, and so it had some really cool, cool stuff like that, but then everything else is pretty boring and nothing happens. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, nothing happens! <laughs> I would totally agree with that. Well... And um, RJ lent me the graphic novel Uzumaki because it's ba that's what this movie's based off of. And that came out, what, like through the 90s, right? It's late 90s to early 2000s. I don't know what year it ended. Yeah, I don't either. But it's from, um, who's the author again? Uh, Junji Ito? Junji? Yeah, I think it's pronounced Junji. All right. Okay. But um, he also, uh, the, the, other, the main thing I think of from him besides Uzumaki is he wrote the short uh, comic The Enigma at Amigara Fault which is famous for the holes shaped like people and uh, people climbing into him saying this hole was made for me and if you have read it you know what der 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 means but if you don't you should look it up it's a really great and horrifying <laughs> comic uh, and it is way better than the movie that we are about to discuss yeah Jinji Ito is an an amazing artist and that's why that book is so good I mean when RJ lent it to me I had a hard time putting it down because it, it's it was so striking but the story like Uzumaki the story is so interesting so you'd think that this movie would be interesting. But weren't, uh, I can't remember which of you were saying this before we watched the movie, but they made the movie before the Uzumaki series was done? Yep, that yeah, right? yeah, that's what it says on IMDb, and, um, they said, like, it, some of it was out, and they were trying to be faithful to the parts that were out, which we can, we'll get into, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't have the ending finished, this movie obviously ends well as we'll talk about ends a very different way but also includes like a subplot about the origin of 
Uzumaki that, uh, like, apparently... I, I, of the three of us, I'm the only one who did not read the graphic novel at all. Uh, I saw... Carrie showed me a couple parts, which I'm, I know Carrie is definitely going to get into later. But oh, I, 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 oh yeah, both of you guys. Uh, but I actually saw this movie for the first time probably back in like, oh god, um, I was in college, so probably like 2007. And then we watched Carrie and I watched it again back when we first met. And I basically had only seen it as a movie, but after going through the comic and going back to it, it is like striking how. Than this movie is considering what it could have happened in this movie. Yeah, well, and we should kind of preface what Uzumaki means. Yeah, Uzumaki means spiral. Spiral! Uh, which we talked about a little bit beforehand. Um, it's kind of funny because when you go to like a sushi restaurant, the they have maki rolls and sushi is in a spiral. And so, Uzumaki must mean some kind of, like, specific spiral or, like, They also, shape. Uh, a lot of ramen, if you go out for ramen, a lot of ramen places will call fish cakes, specifically spiral fish cakes, Uzumaki, just Uzumaki and not give really any other context. So it's, it is known as, like... It's a definite word yeah. in Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. But so, the movie, the basic premise... And you could really sum up this movie and the book in, in one sentence. And the premise is, there's this town in Japan that is cursed by the spiral. Yeah. Yeah. That's Uzumaki. <laughs> and so people, and like, even to expand it a little bit more, people, like, one by one start becoming obsessed with spirals. And they become obsessed with them to, to a point that it drives them to their death. In one way or another. Yeah. Like, they aren't murdered by, like, a ghost or something. They're murdered by themselves. Well, kind of. Well, okay, kind of. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, there's a lot more participation on the part of the person who dies than... And people have different uh, obsessions with the spiral. Yeah. Everybody kind of has their own personal take on why they are obsessed with the spiral. And some are more core to the spiral, some are more... Yeah, one of the things that I, they don't really do this in the book, they, I mean, they are, I'm sorry, in the movie, they don't really expand on this, they kind of touch on it, but one of the things I really liked in the book is they explain why somebody would get obsessed with the spiral, and it's because spirals attract attention, and they bring you in. Yeah. They, like, draw you to the center of them. It's like a, getting trapped in a whirlpool. Well, exactly. And I want to I want to mention this right away, because we all kind of agreed on this, and it's worth kind of just talking about first before we even get too, too far into the book. The first, like, 30 to 40 minutes of this movie essentially sets up, like, five minutes worth of material, and then just, like, very, just very slowly kind of introduces the few characters whose names we need to know, and that there's, like, a, they live in a village in Japan, and then people are starting to become obsessed with spirals, and that's basically all that's established in 40 minutes, but somehow never manages to, like, establish the world that this is set in. We have no feeling of what this mm -hmm. village is like, and... I would say we have no idea what the tone of the movie is. 40 minutes in, it's like we have the whole movie is kind of filmed in like this like Fincher-esque green shade. Yeah, like but greenish it's, gray. But it's yeah. not scary. It's not thrilling. <laughs> I would say that I think it very vaguely sets up the tone, and I don't think the tone is ever really like strong. Yeah. But I think the tone is always like vaguely spooky. 
Yeah, right. Well, like I, I, always... would, I would say like a better word would be the movie sets itself up to be weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really scary. It's not really um uh, it, it's it gets to be kind of disturbing, but it's more weird than it. But than, I would, like, but I would say it, like a lot of the vibe I get is what's supposed to be a spooky part of a not spooky TV show, movie, or something like that. I specifically think the music gives it like a very video gamey vibe. Yeah, a lot of the time, and it feels like like a spooky part of a otherwise very not spooky video yeah. game to an extent. I think the two movies I kept comparing it to while I was watching was I kept thinking of House uh, and I kept thinking of Pulse and. Uh, House Pulse. Pulse yes. is uh, it's Kiyoshi Kurosawa. I've referenced it on this on the podcast before, but Pulse is this terrifying horror movie from like the early two thousands about more or less about how like the internet and technology like isolate us, and it's like a horror movie kind of just like extrapolating on that premise. Ooh, that sounds good. But good. one of the very first, like the very first thing the movie does is establish Japan in the world of the movie as this like dark depressed place where like you see people like standing on rooftops looking at the skyline and the way in which the clouds like are obscuring the sun is like creates this like dread tone where you don't even know what's happening yet but you know like okay this is something bad something bad's going to happen and this is like a very unsettling universe and on the far opposite side like house which is like this goofy silly uh like super (laughs) childlike creation establishes immediately that it's childlike and crazy and goofy i mean like part of the title of the movie eats an eyeball and then spits out a hand right <laughs> something like yeah, that something like, like that. It's, it's so crazy so quickly and this movie uh, if you're like me and you checked out this movie you're like oh a, a bunch of people become obsessed with spirals and it's a japanese horror movie this is gonna be really interesting and the movie tries to play for the first 30 40 minutes like it's like a super normal japanese town where like for the most part, normal. There's like a five-minute segment where the stupid main character rides a bike. Oh, there yeah. is. So as I was fawning over how I love stylized, over-stylized shots and <laughs> and cool cinematography and stuff like that, they really use that to kill time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like there's a the scene at the beginning where they're on the bike ride together. The main character goes through a photo album. Yeah. yeah. And the photo album, it causes like a flashback where it's like her and her boyfriend. Uh, well, we should mention the the girl, the main character is Kyrie uh, Goshima. Goshima? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and then the boyfriend is... Suichi... What's Suichi's last name? Um, Suichi... Was it Saito? Uh, Saito. Yeah. 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 And so it's the two of them as children because they've known each other... Forever. Forever, and they're on a playground. And as a person who's only seen the movie, the fact that they've known each other forever means nothing no. to the movie. I do Their think relationship the, is so bland. Their relationship is incredibly bland. It's also incredibly bland in the book. Yes, I would fair. agree, yeah. Um, and I think, I think in the book, Kyrie has like a little bit of characterization, but they're really just... They're stand-ins. They're stand-ins yeah. for the viewer to watch crazy stuff happen, basically. Yeah, exactly. But I do think that the scene where she was crying because she didn't, her mother died or whatever, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, I'll be your mother. And she's like, I don't want a boy as my mother. <laughs> I think that was kind of cute, and yeah. like, in a better movie, could have been a good scene. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, but the problem with that scene is that they don't set up any reason why we would anything. care about that. Yeah. Anything. 
And again, that doesn't happen in the mo in the book. No. And and actually, come to think of it, uh, Shuichi spends the whole movie telling Kyrie like the the Uzumaki has cursed this town. Like the town <laughs> is is doomed. We must get out of the town. She never does anything about it. Well, no. and and that is exactly what he does in the book. It is okay. every I, chapter. He looks a like in the book. Every chapter, he looks a little more tired. Yeah. He's got like another set of rings under his eyes, <laughs> and he's he's like further saying things like, "We need to get out of this town because this town is cursed by the Uzumaki." And Kyrie is like, "I don't know what you're talking about," even though I just watched someone literally turn into a spiral. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I also think if this movie was like inspired by the book, but focused a lot more on Suiche and Kyrie, sure, like it could have like. I think there was potential for something really cool there. Yeah, like, they could have gone the hyper-dramatic route and made it into, like, some kind of, like, romantic thriller. Right. But they didn't Where, do that. But, like, a really bizarre romantic thriller. Yeah, Which of course. could have been really cool. And, no. Yeah, yeah. That's the main problem with this this uh, movie for me, is they took all the monotonous parts of the book and were like, oh, this will make great movie material. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like the fact that um, uh, Suichi's dad—he's like the in the book. He's one of the first victims of the spiral, and they match that up in the movie where he is the second, I think, victim. I think well, he's the first. Well, because right? that well, guy—the uh, fucking guy falls down the stairs. Yeah, the right, guy right, falls right, down right. the staircase or whatever. Well, in the movie, the dad's filming the snail before. I think it's Miyazaki is the character's name who falls. Down the stairs, right? And the, and and the guy who falls down the stairs is literally unmentioned, basically okay. in the in yeah. the movie. Like yeah. he is, I, I think he is a little bit bigger in the book. I don't totally remember. I don't remember someone falling down the stairs in the book. But and again, this too, Miyazaki, is, as you pointed out, RJ, Miyazaki's death is like the opening images of the movie. Like they show like which is a of, really cool. It's a cool shot, yeah. But it's again like Miyazaki doesn't matter. No, it's like it could have picked like uh, like something from say the end of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> like last word, but they they open the movie with a clip from the movie that happens like ten minutes later, and then ultimately doesn't really no. Matter. And it's literally just, like it's literally they're just in school and like it's very normal and then he just falls down the stairs this huge spiral staircase once again spirals and just dies and then and then and like some people comment on it and that's it like there's yeah, they no go to, they go to the the two girls go to the bathroom afterwards well, and they're like that was so but, upsetting and also yeah. like they're not upset the way, at all the way uh the way uh, Higuchinsky uh, films this, um, it's, it's so, so the two girls, Kyrie, and I miss the, her friends. Yeah, name, whatever. But they're, they're walking is. up the stairs, and this story, Higuchinsky shoots basically as much as he can in close up. I think that's only a budgetary thing, but yeah. so this scene, they're walking up the stairs, but it's like shot so that like the tops of their heads are like hitting the top of the screen, and then like. The bottom of the screen is like just below their armpits. Like it's like a very tight shot. And then they're like coming from some other class or something. And then you see like very quickly like an object fall past them. And then it cuts to the body laying in blood at the bottom of the stairs. So it like is, is not even like. 
there's no suspense for it. It's not like, hey, what's Miyazaki doing at the top of the stairs? Oh, he's like that. staring at the spiral circuit. It's yeah, just, it's just like, vroom, body. And then people have to retroactively be like, oh, there was a spiral involved with this. And then, like, they, like, totally yeah. fuck up the introduction to this idea. Yeah, they, they set up the spiral really poorly. I agree. They, they just don't set it up, really. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and for a movie that is all set up, there is very little actual <laughs> <set up>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. Okay. Yeah, well, and so the the, the dad, uh, um, uh, Shuichi's dad, he is shown from the get-go being obsessed with the spiral. Like, uh, Kyrie spots him videotaping a snail because he's got the spiral on his shell. And then later, he, like, eats the Uzumaki fish cakes, and he has, like, and then he, like, spirals his eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, he, actually he, kind he of gets, a cool scene. He gets really, that is a cool scene. He gets really pissed because he only has, like, six fish cakes. But meanwhile, his son and wife didn't get any fish cakes. They gave them all to him because they knew he was obsessed with spiraling. He's like, fuck, I only have... Yeah, what an asshole. Yeah, and then, <laughs> but then he spirals the soup, and he's happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and he has, like, a spiral collection. When he when he spiraled the soup, when he's like, the spiral could be anything, I was like, man, this movie is, like, the number 23, but for spirals. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God, what anything. a good... What a good... <laughs> it was, it was number 23? It's the Jim Carrey movie where Jim Carrey uh, is, like, a dog catcher, and he finds a book, and the book says that, basically, the number 23 controls everything, and you can find the number 23 in everything. And then the movie has, like, sets up rules where it's, like, truly... Like it, you just like see that billboard right there. There's 23 letters in that billboard, or see like, <laughs> like that. And it's like that's how this movie is the spirals, where it's like, hey, look at that sky. Oh, there's a spiral in the sky. Oh, do you see that? Like, you I see feel the like suit? spirals is a much more reasonable thing to be like. There's oh. spirals everywhere, rather than yeah. There are spi- like what that was one of the great things about reading Uzumaki. So I was like, oh, that is a spiral. Yeah, like you don't think of how ubiquitous that that. Shape is yeah. in society. It's it, just that the movie, I'm sure that the novel does it way better, the movie you, the reason I make the number 23 comparison is the movie uses it with like, like, see, just uh, we brought up the symbol, therefore you're scared or you're impressed <laughs> yeah. and it's like, yeah, like the, the, you see a little bit more than like just the spiral. Yeah, the movie inherently trusts the audience to think that spirals are scary <laughs> yeah. and that's not the yeah. case. Like, no. spirals aren't scary. <laughs> The, the reason the book is so good is because it has a compounding effect where after, like, the fourth chapter, you are like, yeah, spirals are fucking scary. <laughs> They're so fucking scary. Like, uh, uh, so in the, in the movie, and RJ, you might have to help me with this, but in the movie, the dad of uh, Shuichi, he ends up dying because he gets in the washing machine and he becomes, like, a spiral in the washing machine. And he even says earlier in the movie that, like, the power of the spiral is actually manifested by becoming the spiral yourself or, you know, something yeah, yeah, to yeah. that effect. I can't remember how he dies in the book. I think he dies in the washing machine. Okay, he? that's what I thought. Somebody dies in the washing machine in the book, and I'm pretty sure it's Sumichi's dad. Yeah. Uh, and I think he is one of the earlier deaths, and I want to say, and I've only read the book through through once. I've read a couple chapters a couple times sure. and stuff like that. But I, I haven't read front to back um, or it's back to front really. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've only done that once and but I'm pretty sure he is the first one to die and the first one whose ashes 
make this uh, the spiral over dragonfly yeah. pond. Yeah, and that's like a big theme in the book is people um, who die because of the spiral being cremated and their ashes both firm forming a spiral in the sky and then that spiral being drawn into this pond yeah. that the town is built around. So before we get too into the book, Paolo, I want to ask you okay. why you think the town is cursed by the Uzumaki. Yeah, like, well, based on the movie. Well, based on the movie... I, and again, we were, I will we'll fully admit, we were kind of talking over a lot of this movie. We got super bored. But yeah, they, they, there's this, this is it the reporter that's doing the research? Know. Or was the police? Is he yeah. The, he's not the police guy. But you quick click in your pen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's some, there's a guy who's like researching this stuff and it says like, oh, these ancient mirrors were found in Dragonfly Pond. And, I, and honestly, I, at that line, I left to go to the bathroom. So really, well, <laughs> and, then they were like, and then they're like, mirrors, serpents. Serpent. Yeah. Mirrors, yeah. serpents. They're the same word, but they're different things. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, I think that they were the same same word, but different kanji, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, it's kajimi? Yeah. Or kagami? Kagami. Yeah, yeah kagami. I think it's kagami. Also, what? Are serpents supposed to represent the spiral in a way because they can be in the spiral? <laughs> well, because if that's the case, then why did they have a millipede show up instead of a snake? Like, could they have had a snake Ooh, crawl into man. that? The millipede is in the book, and I do think that when they were yeah. specific to the book, they did try to be true to the book, which I also think was part of the, the reason problem. that it yeah. failed yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. It tried to, it was like whiplash between like a super, super boring scene and like a very well, colorfully bizarre the scene. The other disappointing thing too is that the book genuinely could have been used as a storyboard. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Like they could have just taken the book and storyboarded the movie. Well, and they could the have book. even done like say 60% of the chapters. Of the book, sure. right? Like, and cut yeah, out... Yeah, like, maybe they couldn't do all the snail scenes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, how about... Will you guys go into, for example, just, like, describe a scene that they didn't choose to do? Well, okay, so let's talk about the jack-in-the-box. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um... Well, and the reason I wanted to ask you why you thought the town was cursed by the spiral is because at the end of the book... There is no reason. There is no reason. <laughs> like no, it's just arbitrarily cursed. It's like just that the it's like town. Groundhog Day, then. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what it is because yeah. every I think it's like what every century or something. Yeah, like every exactly. fifty and, and it's years just because or something. Of it's, yeah, yeah, like it its it location is. just happens to be where the spiral's like we cursed you. So every one hundred years, That's you cool. guys get fucked by the spiral. That also makes sense because in Enigma of Amagara Fault, like when I was rereading it today, I was like, yeah, there's literally no reason for this to happen. No, and I don't think I, I think Junji Ito very rarely gives a reason, yeah. and in his. His genius is more in, like, not necessarily, like, pure storytelling, but, like... The imagery. The, yeah, the yeah. imagery and that... Like, he's good at episodic storytelling, but I don't think he has a strength in backstory. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I kind of like that there was no backstory. There doesn't because, need to be. Yeah, there there doesn't need to be. I'm so fucking tired of everything mm -hmm. having to have a backstory. If I watch another goddamn superhero movie where there's a backstory or origin... Oh, my God. I'm going to shoot myself in the face. Not literally, but maybe with a spiral. Um, <laughs> but, so, in the book, and Paolo, this character is in the movie, mm -hmm. there's a character named... Um, Yash Yamaguchi. Yamaguchi, thank you. And in the book, he is younger. He's like 
13 or 14. I thought he was in the same grade as Kyrie. No, he's younger. He's like maybe a freshman, whereas they're like juniors, juniors or, or whatever. seniors. Yeah, or yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he has a crush on Kyrie, and he keeps trying to get her attention by like jumping out at her. Just like, and, why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like a dumb boy thing. Like, Spooking girls oh, will if make I, them like if me. Oh, if I bother them, then they'll like me. <laughs> that's like a, being teased on the playground. You know? yeah, like, fair, oh, fair, that fair. boy pulled my hair. It's because he likes you. What terrible behaviors we teach kids. Um, oh, that boy hurt you? That means he likes you. Like, oh, not good. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> Let me move away from that. Um, so... Uh, Yamaguchi, he keeps jumping out at Kyrie, and finally he, she's like, dude, take a fucking hint, I don't like you, I have a boyfriend, and so he's like, well, you're never gonna forget me, I'm gonna make sure of that, and he, in the book, and this happens in the movie too, he jumps out in front of a car and basically gets spiraled into the wheel spoke of the car. Yeah. That, so that, that does happen. That's, and that's pretty much... I don't remember exactly the lead-up. I think the lead-up is a tiny bit different. Yeah, it might be a little different. But, like, basically... Because I don't think he necessarily purpose... Oh, yeah, maybe he didn't purposefully... I think in the movie he kind of purposefully jumped in front of the car. Yeah, suicide. But but in the book he didn't really... Yeah, I feel like it was an accident. Yeah. Yeah, now that you're saying that, I do feel like it was an accident. Yeah. But so, what the movie leaves out, which is arguably the best part of his story... Is that he um, gets buried. Oh, and we should mention that uh, he gives Kyrie a present. A jack-in-the-box. Yes, a jack-in-the-box. And the jack-in-the-box makes an appearance in the movie, but one, he doesn't really give it as a... I mean, I guess he it kind of is implied that he gives it as a present, but yeah. really he just kind of holds it out and like has a jack-in-the-box and it Pop yeah, but in the book, like, she, like, takes it home, and she, she, yeah, only, yeah, yeah. she only unwraps it once he dies. Yeah, and, like, honestly, the jack-in-the-box could have been left out of the movie. There was, like, there yeah. was, like, a weird, like, shot where it, like, kind of shows the jack-in-the-box, like, on the ground, and the, the guy kind of bouncing out of it, but, like, it was very arbitrary. In the movie. Yeah, agreed. So, in the book, he ends up, you know, he dies, they bury him, and he ends up... Um, becoming, like, Kyrie hears something, I think, and she goes to the graveyard. I think she's... Isn't that the... I feel like she's just walking home through the graveyard, like it happened, or something like that. Yeah, something like that, where she, for some reason, she's in the graveyard, and she hears something, and she goes, and she finds out that it's Yamaguchi's grave, and he ends up, like, coming out of the grave, and he is a jack in the box. Like his skeleton is turned into a spiral, <laughs> and or, he has like a or box a at coil. The base of him. Yeah, and he ends up like trying to to jump after her, and, and then he like, he dies right. Like, or, well, he's already dead. I think he like kind of falls apart. Yeah, that sounds right. But it's so cool in the book yeah. because like his limbs are like attached to the spiral coil, and he's a genuine zombie in the book. Like yeah. at that point, like he's a. He's a zombie at the top and a spiral at the bottom. Yeah. Which is, like, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah <laughs> totally fucking dark. Well, and we we mentioned that this movie is not really a horror movie, but the book is definitely a horror book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like, you could read that and have nightmares. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I actually, when I read that chapter with the Jack in the Box, I'm pretty sure I showed it to yeah, you. Yeah, you definitely showed me that one. 
You showed me the uh, placenta. The placenta, <laughs> one is, the placenta one is a good one. That is my favorite part. Why are you talking about the placenta thing, too? That's my favorite part of the book, and they totally leave that out of the movie. The, to be fair, I think a lot of the movie's problems is small budget and drawing from a source material that is um, very surreal and yeah. gruesome yes. and requires a lot of, like, costuming and makeup. Like, elaborate cost costume and, and makeup. It would have been very expensive to do that Or scene. even just, yeah. just simply, it would have been very upsetting to do that scene well. Sure. Like, I think, I was thinking about this when we were watching the movie, and... I, I don't watch I don't watch Japanese porn, but I have been on the internet. So I'm aware of things. And You've been on the internet, yeah. and I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, very often with Japanese porn, they'll like censor penetration. And that is a that's like a um, in Japan. I'm pretty sure that you're not allowed to show genitalia. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think it's. I think there is some that's just penetration. I'm not. I'm also. I don't want to come across as an expert in Japanese. I, yeah, I don't. I, I don't need an expert either. But, uh, but I just like. I was just thinking the whole time. I was like, okay, so in a country where that is even something that happens, because in America that is certainly not. <laughs> uh, why would anyone be like, yes, please make a photorealistic version of the placenta scene? And the placenta like grows mushrooms, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh and my they, god. And, and everybody's living off these placenta mushrooms. Oh my god! I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, I will. Uh, let's talk about it, RJ. Yeah. It's so good. I so, the way it gets set up is this woman. She who's Suichi's mom. Yeah, Suichi's mom. After her, his dad dies. She essentially goes crazy because she's haunted by the spiral. Because her the because the dad is. I feel like one of the characters in the book who is first of all most obsessed and most directly obsessed with the spiral. Like he's not obsessed with something that is a spiral shape. He is obsessed with spirals, spirals, yes, spirals. Yes, like, anything like, that has a spiral. And he, like, builds a collection. And he does build a collection in the movie. Yeah. And the mom does go crazy in the movie. Yeah. And, like, um... And because, but, uh, really quickly, the shot with him with his collection of spirals, easily one of the highlights of the movie. For yeah, me. yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a great production scene. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so he is, and he's not picky about his spirals. No, exactly, there exactly. Are, there are characters in the movie and in the book that are specifically obsessed with a certain kind of spiral. Exactly, yeah. Like the snail people. Or the hair girl. <laughs> or the hair girl, or the Jack and Box guy. Numerous characters. Yeah, there's tons, uh, or the, the two, the couple that's like in love with each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, okay, so the dad is just like blanketly obsessed with the spiral, he goes crazy, he gets cremated, and when he gets cremated, his ashes go into the sky, they spiral in the sky, spiral in the sky, keeps on turning, and his face appears in the sky spiral, and the mom goes, Aah! and then she... That's actually a pretty cool scene in the movie, too, because the mom's eyes go kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. They, like, they, like, definitely CG her face, but it's subtle enough where it just looks like her face is, like, It's like Roger out. Rabbit eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's what I kept thinking of when their eyes kept twirling, is, like, that's those scenes in Roger Rabbit's where the, the like, at the end where it's revealed that Christopher Lloyd is a, a, a Looney Tune. Also, too, before we get too far into what you guys are describing, there's a really cool shot where, uh, I think it's it's Akiria sees Shuichi's dad's. Well, she actually she doesn't see it, but she's in like 
a room talking to police officers or something after Shuichi's dad dies, and there's a cut to, like, a TV screen, and it's not commented on by any of the characters, I don't think any of the characters notice, but, like, off to the side in the reflection is Shuichi's dad, who has, like, a spiral coming out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, so casually in the image that it's, like, probably one of the only scares that could be said to be effective in the entire movie. Some of the coolest scenes, I think, in the movie were those, like, weird... Very brief flashes, like when yeah. Kiri's dad had the spiral on his shirt and has like a spiral tongue, and he's like standing behind them for like a split second. Yeah. And there's another one that I can't think of right now. There were a couple like... scenes where she's walking down the street and just behind her, there's like a spiral. Yeah. yeah. Also, the scene where she has the nightmare that she's in the washing machine. Yeah. That's a pretty cool shot. Too. Yeah, that is very cool. And, there's and it's like... when they take advantage of the spiral as a horror image yeah. that the movie really thrives. Right, and the movie often just kind of throws the spiral into horror, quote-unquote horror scenes, kind of, right? Yeah. Like, like the broken windshield being a spiral. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Instead of actually building up to the... Like, they could have slowed down the crash and then, like, shown yes. the spiral form in the glass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're totally right. Um, also, I do want to point this out because I, I feel like I just pointed this out in the Chumscrubber episode. But in the Chumscrubber episode, there's an Unchinandalu reference, and in this, there's the unintentional Unchinandalu reference of in that car scene when Yamaguchi dies. There's like his, I think it's his eyeball is stuck in the windshield. It's, he, it's his eyeball or the reporters. The the scene yeah, is somebody's. shot. It's so poorly oh, directed yes. that like you can't. We weren't really sure whose eyeball it was, but the eyeball fades into a shot of the moon, which is like like exactly a cut from Unchi and Andalu. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's intentional, but the the influence of Unchi and Andalu continues. Yeah. So the mom ends up going crazy, and she ends up in the hospital, and she. Excuse me. She cuts off her fingerprints uh, because they're sp- spirals. Yep. Which, like, really, fingerprints are not that spirally. They're like, I, are mine aren't. Mine are more like triangles with like lots of outlines. Yeah. Well, and mine are like barely visible. I would really have to get them dirty to to look at them. I like that we're all looking at our fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> I got one, one spirally one. I mean, my fingers, they're not not spirally. Yeah, my fingerprints are spirals, but they're they're. Like, if I were to hold my hands further than three inches from my face's face, I can't see the spiral. My ring fingers are spirals. So, goodbye ring fingers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Ooh, what's the significance of that? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Guys, I think this is a private conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, she cuts off her fingernails and then... Um, fingers. Fingerprints. I'm sorry. Fingerprints, not yeah. fingernails. Oh, man. If she cut off her fingernails, she Ugh. pulls. <laughs> she pulls like a John Doe from Seven, where she like removes her oh, yeah. fingerprints. Oh, yeah. nice fellow. So, um, and then to visit her, they have to like remove all their spiral jewelry. They can't give her like spiraled food or <laughs> like spiral a clothing. With spiral whipped cream. On. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they can't give it to her. Um, and then there's even a, and, and this happens in the book, but there's like a poster where it shows a diagram of the inside of your ear. And there's a yes. spiral in the eardrum or, like, in your... True story. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so there's, like, a spiral shape in your ear. And, you know, in the book, she ends up killing herself, right? And in the movie, she does, too. Yeah. But in the book, them being brought to the hospital by Suichi's mom going crazy... It allows to for a it. whole crazier story. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It leads to the best part of 
I consider it the best part of Uzumaki. I think it's probably the most disturbing part of Uzumaki, which I think almost makes it default. Let's get into it. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, in the book, the way... uh, So, after they go to the hospital... Um, I, I can't remember the specifics, but it's, like, Kyrie's cousin or, like, neighbor or somebody is pregnant. Yeah, it's something like that. It's, it's, a, a, it's, it's a family she friend knows. or something. Yeah. yeah, it's someone she knows, and they're in the hospital, and they're pregnant, and... Is it the she, umbilical cords that are spirals, and that's why it's spiraling? No, no. What happens is it's the mosquitoes. Yeah! So, there's these, <laughs> these mosquitoes, and they're, like, biting these pregnant women to get the blood, and the mosquitoes... Mosquitoes are, are feeding out of Dragonfly Pond. Yeah. So they're infected with the spiral. And then by drinking the blood of the pregnant women, the pregnant women get infected with the spiral. And the pregnant women become mosquitoes, right? Yeah, they basically become like blood drinkers. Yeah. So it's... at night in the hospital, they keep, like, in the morning, they keep finding all these people who've been, like, drained of blood. Yeah. And it's because, like, the entire wing of pregnant women are getting up at night and, like, draining people's blood. Yeah, it's wild. It's, it's so crazy. And there's placenta mushrooms. Well, we, yeah, we haven't even gotten to that yet. So, they, after the women give birth, because in the book, it's like, they're all due at the same time. <laughs> do they give, they do give birth. You're right. Yeah, I so, feel like they... But don't they try to put the babies back in them? Yeah. RJ, you're fucking cutting <laughs> out <in front. laughs> I forget the progression of events. So, they give birth and their babies are like crazy spiral babies. And the the babies are like, we want to go back in the womb. Oh, that's right. That's right. The and babies want to go the back. The womb is like a spiral because of the, the umbilical cord or right. whatever. And they're like, it was way sweeter of a deal when we were in the womb. Right, because the moms just drank all this blood. And right. like the babies are like, I need the blood. Oh, the blood, <laughs> yeah. And, and the moms are like, we want the babies back inside of us. And so um, part of them wanting the babies back inside of them is they start like... I'm not even kidding, growing placentas outside of their body. Like, they show, there's this image in the book where there's a whole hospital room that's just covered in what looks like mushrooms. They're but they're placenta mushrooms. Yeah, they're little placenta mushrooms. And actually, in and the, the fact f- that no hospital workers are like, why is there a room full of placenta mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> Should be. <laughs> There's too much other crazy shit going on. Like, yeah, true, like people true. are getting drained of blood at night. And- <laughs> no, and the hospital basically becomes, like, the hospital is a haunted house at this point. Yeah. Like, the hospital, like, everybody's like, fuck, I can't be in this hospital. <laughs> well, doesn't the doctor go crazy, go crazy at I some point? I think so. Well, because they can't escape from the hospital. That's, like, another part. They have oh, a lot right. of trouble getting out of the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, Curie, like, I think she ends up staying at the hospital because she gets, like, cut or something. I want to really quickly restate for the listener, none of the cool stuff they're describing happens in the movie. No, nothing. (laughs) Like, all of this, all of this, they consciously were like, you know what? We could have more scenes of people sitting in houses having quiet dinners. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, so many. Or riding on a bicycle. Or the policeman going, you stupid kids. Yeah. Not allowed two people on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so 
They, the placentas, they, the hospital, it's, it, they find out later in the book that the hospital has been feeding the placentas to everyone in the hospital. Yeah. As like a meal supplement. Yeah. And so everyone in the hospital is going spiral crazy. Yeah. And so, uh, the way that the hospital scene ends in the book is the doctor ends up re, ins- I mean, this isn't. The, maybe the best verbiage I could use, but he reinserts the baby. He unbirths the baby. Yeah. That's the word. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't think of like how to phrase that. That's it. the internet fetish when you're putting it. He unbirths it. <laughs> so he he basically like sews the baby back into the lady, and she ends up going like triple mosquito on him, and she she drains him of blood immediately. And the cool thing in the book is, like, she's completely naked and she's just got, like, this huge seam of stitches up her stomach. Oh, it's so gross. And then they escape from the hospital and, like, kind of leave it because so much other crazy... Like, the town... By the time they get to the hospital, they're, like, the town is crumbling, basically. (laughs) Like, the reporters and people can't get in or out. Basically, everywhere is, like going totally batshit, and, like, they escape from the hospital, and the hospital is basically fucked at that point. Like, they never mention the hospital again in the But book. they, I feel like... <laughs> they're like, well, the hospital's fucked, so we don't need to go back to do that. They, do they hint at it at all again in the book? No, they never bring it up again. But that is... Because I remember being like, well, what's going to happen to all the people in the hospital? And it's just assumed that they all, like, go spiral crazy. Well, and I guess that's, I guess that's, like, three quarters of the way through the book, probably, right? Like, that is towards the part where the, where the, the spiral takes over the town. And, like, that is a, I think a big lead up into the spiral just taking over the town. Yeah. I think the, the main thing for me with the movie and why it's disappointing is it just does not take advantage of the yeah. motif that it's given. Like, the spiral in the book, I feel like uh, Junji Ito exploits the shit out of it. He's yeah. like, what is... He probably sat down... And made an exhaustive list of everything you could think of that has a spiral in it. No, and I think I think um, part of the strength in the book is that it's episodic, and I can't really think of anything that does this other than music. But it uses. I, I feel like there is some. There's some. There's some TV shows that do this too. Specifically, actually, I the ones that I can think of are like anime TV shows. But instead of focusing that much on the overarching story. It's just a repetition of themes that eventually hammer away at, like, this is horrifying and terrifying. The spiral is, like, terrifying. And it's because it, like, the repetition that I think the book succeeds so well. Like, it uses repetition in the best way possible. It really builds on the tension of the spiral. Right. Because if you really think about it when you read the book, the whole time uh, Shuichi... He's like a, the buzzkill of the book. Yeah. He's like, we should leave this town. We should get out of here. The spiral is killing people. But he never really pushes for it other than no, being he like, doesn't. I know it is. He's like, yeah, he's just a know it, a passive know-it-all. Yeah. yeah. Very and passive. So <laughs> passive. Yeah. Well, they maintain that character trait in the movie. He's yeah, like, for sure. so passive that he barely exists as a character. Yeah, as I described him, he's Japanese Crispin Glover. Yeah. <laughs> well, Crispin Glover very much exists. This guy yeah, is like... Yeah, that's true. This he like, just is looks like, like Crispin this Glover. This guy is like after Crispin 
Crispin Glover died if you like stuffed him, mounted him, and put a robot box. No, on it's him. like if Crispin Glover's <laughs> character in Back to the Future never defended himself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there, take that reference. Um, but so in the book, like you know, Kyrie, she keeps having all this absolutely batshit crazy stuff happen to her. Like we, this isn't in the movie, um, but in the book, in the book. She has her hair turned into spirals, and she can't control it, and it almost kills her. Like she, it the, her hair starts like wrapping around shit, and she can't she can't prevent it from growing. But someone find I think it's uh, I think it's Shuichi her friend. Or, no, I think it's her friend, and the same friend. I could be wrong, but I think it's her friend that's in the movie also. Okay, I think so it, her friend ends up cutting her hair off, and she survives. And after that, she still doesn't leave the yeah, town. Yeah. No, and, and that's something uh, we haven't really mentioned. But one of the the things, one of the scenes in the book where uh, what like the popular mean girl in high school becomes obsessed with the spiral, and she becomes obsessed with the spiral because of the tw- uh, curly hair, basically, and well, like very spirally hair curls, and the hair takes over, and the same thing happens to Kyrie, and yeah. and that is one of the. The few chapters that they actually like use in the book and the movie, and that also is, helps to establish why the spiral specifically as a shape is important. Because the popular girl in the book and kind of in the movie, she did say this in the movie, but she says, "If you're not noticed, then you're not alive." Yeah, and that is very much argued in the book as the spiral draws your attention. And so it, it gives attention to you. And so think the popular girl, by having the spiral crazy hair, she is getting attention, which is yeah. what she wants. And ultimately that attention kills her. And I think that's also, I think that is like a kind of tie-in to Japanese people in general. Because Japanese or Japanese people's hair is generally very straight. Whereas like, like curly hair is not abnormal in America or a lot of other places, but, yeah. like, in Japan it is much more abnormal, and I think that is part of the... The appeal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. the attention-grabbingness of it is because nobody else has curly hair. Yeah. I, I agree entirely. But, so, in the movie, they barely show that girl with the curly hair. Yeah. Um, her name is Sakino. I think there's... Wow, like, you got her I name. wrote I wrote down basically every name. Good but job. Sakino yeah. basically yeah. has... Like, I want to say maybe altogether two minutes of screen time in the movie. She has, she has one really awesome. hilarious, bizarre scene where she's a, she's like a mean girl in the bathroom. And they all, and her and all of her friends are in the bathroom stalls and they all step out at the exact same time. Yeah. yeah. They're like, like, I think you were the one that mentioned she'd get along with Regina George. Yeah. She's like, the cool, they're the cool Asian clique at this high school. Yeah. And, um, and so, but they, they come out and they're kind of like what Carrie was saying. They're saying the whole thing about if no one notices you, you that you're not alive and everything. And, uh, Sakino has like a cigarette and she goes to put it out on the bathroom stall and for literally what I have no idea why they just do this. It's the most house thing that happens in the whole movie. But they when the cigarette hits the bathroom stall, they like digitally insert some sort of like ex- Michael Bay explosion <laughs> where the cigarette taps out for no reason. Nothing in the it's movie just... happens that like this. It is like the silliest thing. Maybe that it's a subtle movie. point about how cigarette smoking is bad for you. Maybe. I think that this guy. I think um, what's this guy here? He, 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 he really likes 
to be over dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> he's like, cigarette going out, that's dramatic. <laughs> or he's like, this scene needs uh, something else. <laughs> what are we going to do with this cigarette? Boom. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that girl, she in the book, the reason she starts having the spiral hair is she gets jealous of Kyrie for getting attention. Yeah, yeah. And so she's like, I want attention. I'll compete for attention. And so that's how she ends up getting the and spiral And in the hair. movie, she just gets it. Like, there's, like, they... they yeah, there's they, nothing. They have the opening scene where she, like, is in the bathroom. And then, like, very, very, very close to the end, there's, like, a news report. And in the news report, they show her... They show Sakino walking through the high school. And she has this gigantic spiral hair. That's and moving on its own. It's moving yeah. on its own. Yeah. And people are walking with her. Her hair looks like it's made of celluloid. It's really weird. And then there's, and all like, the girls that are following her are eating spiral, like, giant spiral lollipops. I missed that. <laughs> oh, my God, I missed that. Yeah, that's oh, my God. Yeah. That's great. And then isn't the, the last, they, they show her during the, like, the, I don't want to say the epilogue, but, like, the, the ending montage where she's, uh, is she dead? Yeah. 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 And that's what happens in the book is basically the hair, because the hair basically, like, has a mind of its own, and that's yeah. why it, like flails around on its own it drains her of all so she looks like a husk basically yeah like, yeah it basically uses all of her energy and body liquids to continue growing yeah exactly yeah it's kind of like a she's like the the tree and her hair are the branches okay and so it keeps reaching for the sun but it's draining all the life out of the tree they they do however um and I, this is i don't think this makes it better but there is like when she first comes out of the bathroom her hair is definitely more stylized than a lot of the other girls but it's straight and then or maybe like a tiny little curl at the end she looks good yeah but then there's a scene where the slug guy comes in and <laughs> god we haven't even talked about, I the, the, slug guy, the slug guy. Katayama. Um, katayama katayama wow nice fellow yeah yeah, um, yeah very good um <laughs> uh katayama comes in and she isn't really a part of the scene, other than they kind of, like, show a couple of shots of her. But her hair is a little bit curlier there. I noticed that it was, like, she had, like, actual curls on the end of her hair. And yeah. so I do think that her hair kind of gets progressively curlier through the movie, but, like, it's really... But they really, don't make you care about they, it. Exactly. They do not make you care about <laughs> Yeah. That. Yeah, I want a movie that makes me care about someone's hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> or at least someone's spiral hair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was just, while we were talking about this, I was just thinking about how dull most of the movie is. Like, we talked about the bike scene, but there's also a scene where Kyrie, her dad, wins a prize as a ceramic artist, and so she gets a melon from, like, a local vendor, and then she goes home, and they eat the melon. And that's, like, five minutes! It's and it's so and fucking literally, hard. they're like, oh, what a treat, it's a melon. And, and it's, it's during the early what? part of the movie, too, where it's like, is the movie trying to present this as, like, the real world? Like, is it's, it's so weirdly grounded and normal of a scene. There's no spirals in melons. Yeah. No. And, like, the I think the opening scene is pretty freaking cool. Like, the opening scene is, uh, what was the guy's name who fell down the staircase? Oh, oh, it's Miyazaki. Miyazaki. He He is, the opening scene is basically a zoom in on him dead. There's, like, blood leaking out of his mouth. He's it's super spirals. pale. 
there's a spiral around him and it's like really stylized and pretty cool and it's like wow this is gonna be a cool movie and then it's literally 40 minutes of day-to-day activity yeah. <laughs> and like there was no point to this melon scene yeah. at all no yeah there's nothing gripping other than the very opening scene in the first half of this movie. Can you imagine if you were reading a graphic novel and, like, the first 100 pages are just all, like, boring setup? No. You you would stop reading it. Yeah. Like, the... Uzumaki gets started right away. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's, like, immediately the spiral is That's boring. why the esim- uh, episodic nature of the novel, I think, really, really is... Part of the strength. I wonder, I don't know if this is true, but I wonder if Junji Ito wrote Uzumaki chapter by chapter and it was released in like a magazine and then it slowly... It was released. It wasn't released as a graphic novel. I do know it was released. In issues. It was released in issues. Exactly. Uh, Like Akira. Akira is the same way. It was issues and Old Boy. Yeah. Like, yeah. All all of those. Old Boy is a graphic novel? Yeah, actually, we, we have... Uh, at least part of it because we have the DVD that came with Shut so up. hey you got something to read oh after this God. yeah <laughs> yeah but RJ, I think have you seen Old Boy? Uh, I've seen one of them oh please tell me it's the good one I think it's the good one Is but it? I, it's yeah. been a really long time and I was definitely in no if it's way been a long sober. time it probably <laughs> in, and I think in multiple ways not sober <laughs> awesome yeah the original Old Boy is a classic that's like a stone cold great movie. And I think it was the original I watched. But I think we watched the original right when the new one came out. <laughs> the new one. And like we were like, oh, we're gonna watch From the, the director of and Do I think the right we did thing. a lot of different the remake things. Of old yeah, the boy. new one is uh, not, not. I kind of like Do the Right Thing. Oh, I do love Do the Right Thing. But it's just it's so funny that they're like like or it's, I don't know if it was the studio or Spike Lee who was like, I must remake Old Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why did they pick him? Yeah, yeah, that is a very strange director. It's not even. Old Close boy. to his wheelhouse. No. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. Well, okay, so I want to, uh, for our listeners' sake, yeah. I want to circle back, ha, circle back <laughs> to, to the book. I want to point out, you tried to use that same sort of pun in the Sphere episode, yeah, but, so you got to be a little more specific. <laughs> well, but I'm allowed to use puns more than once. I know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, there's a... How is, dare what you is this? put a limit on my pond? What, is Uzumaki <laughs> mean sphere now? I'm just saying. No, 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 get it? It's a circling in. I'm it's circling, circling back. back. All right, all right, I'm yeah. just saying. I'm just saying. You're just trying to nitpick. I was just about to use the word nitpick. <laughs> um, okay, so um, in the book... Just to put, like, a little bow on how the book ends. So all this crazy spiral shit happens, and eventually what happens is, is there's, like, a reporter that shows up who's like, I need to take care of this town. And so he ends up building houses for all of the people who are obsessed with spirals to live in. But then the houses end up becoming built in a spiral mm-hmm. around the lake, and all the people who are inside the house end up becoming intertwined with each other and they can't separate. Oh, that's wild. And like a hundred years passes in like... <laughs> yeah. And, and, the, and the two main characters are trying to escape the town, but they can't because the basically supernatural powers keep them... From- yeah, it's like they're on a path and the path keeps like bringing them back in, in yeah. the spiral. But so, and so for the townspeople, all this time passes. That yeah. part, it's wild. That, that part of the book is so crazy. Um... And spiraling so, time. Yeah, spiraling time. They, they lost time. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, maybe they like time like folded in on itself or like spiraled inward. Yeah. And maybe that's what the curse is really about is like because um, it's cursed with a spiral, time doesn't really work the same way. So this this period of time that seems like it would last forever actually is only a blip on the radar in the town's history. I don't know. That's just me speculating. No, I think you're. I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, it's that seems like it could be feasible. Yeah, because I so, do think the time thing had something to do with time being or like time changing into a spiral. Yeah, like I think that was connected. So what ends up happening is uh, Shuichi and Kyrie, uh, they at the end of the book they go back to the town. This spiral village has been built, and basically like everyone is inside of the spiral village, and they can't escape. And then, don't they end up going in the lake? Or, like, they, there's, like, a I think it's sinkhole the, or something? So, I think it's the center. Because the town is still never, like, fully surrounding the lake. It's still just on one side of the lake. Yeah. And I think it's oh, at the yeah. center of the town. Yeah, right? so at the center of the town, there's this staircase downwards. Yeah. And so, they take this spiral staircase down to this cave. And inside the cave, there's, like, spiral monsters that are creating... <laughs> Yeah, the, the spirals that are controlling the town, and at, what happens is they can't avoid being spiraled, and so they spiral together, and that's the end of the book. Yeah. All right. So now that you've described that amazing, super visual, uh, crazy ending, how does the movie end? I don't know, Paul. How does it end? No. How, how about you tell me? No, RJ, you tell RJ. us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fine. If I'm gonna be pushed to it, um, <laughs> the movie basically it's. It, it gets into the last five minutes, and it really feels like 30 minutes into the movie. You're like, oh, finally, after f- an hour and 20 minutes, I'm finally Spirals into the up, movie. Yeah. And so, basically, Suichi starts tripping, and his legs spiral together, and he's, he's like, the spiral's got me, you have to go on. And, and, and she's like, no. And it's like, like it's the Titanic late. scene, but with spiral. Yeah. And he, so he turns into a spiral and tries to attack this girl. And then Kire, I guess escapes Suichi? Who knows? Yeah, But basically knows? there's a scene where he kind of attacks Kyrie because he becomes taken over by the spiral. And then it flashes to a montage of the people who became spirals and it's like, oh, this person died this way, 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 and then cut to credits. The there end. is no real ending or plot to this yeah. movie. Like, like, I mean, yeah, just to underline what you said, they don't even clearly establish whether or not Kyrie survives no, the encounter all. that ends the movie. Yeah. Like, they don't show her dead, though, so I yeah. can assume she survived. But if she survived, what happened to her? Like, like, like they, they show the montage of everyone in the town being dead, so it's like, are we to presume she escaped but then died, or... Well, and then the movie also ends on the note of, oh, there's the spiral in the sky. Yeah. Like, I feel like the plot of the movie comes down to... A couple weird spiral-related things happen in this town, and then that's that. Yeah, right. Like the whole yeah, thing with the reporter like, showing up. It's the reporter is not from the town. The reporter is from somewhere else, and she's reporting on the giant human-sized snails that are crawling on the school. Oh my god, we still haven't talked about and those. people. And the girl, the girl at the school is like, I think they're super cute, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that's it. But it's like 
So it, it makes it seem like that reporter was like, all right, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> they just left and they're like, some crazy stuff happening. Yeah. There is no resolution. Yeah. yeah, there's no resolution to the movie. But I do want to touch on how cool the snail people are in the book. Yeah. So the, uh, they keep them as pets, kind of. They have like a little snail pen out back. Yeah, they have like a little like a little zoo. You can go see the snail people, but then the snail people escape. Yeah, and they because like I think they get tired of being like, you know, like zoo animals, yeah. animals, yeah. But, so, the in the in the book, people who become obsessed with the spiral, they turn into snails, like human-sized snails, and then they actually uh, form, like, a group. Yeah. Like, a snail group, and they're hermaphroditic, so they, like, mate with each other. Yes, yes. Which is really fucked up, and they, like, lay eggs, which is really fucked up. And then later in the book, when people are really, they're trying to escape the town and the... the the building of the spiral city, um, they find some of the snail people and then they cook them and eat them. Oh yeah, that is yeah. that is like the most fucked up part when people are like eating the snail people. Oh my god! I, actually, no, that's not the most fucked up part. We already talked about the most <laughs> fucked up part. But that is a pretty fucked up part. Yeah. Ugh. And uh, oh, and Kyrie has a younger brother in the book, and her brother turns into a snail and yeah. they eat him. Yeah. Yeah. The younger brother is not. No, so, and the um. When the spiral town gets built, they're all eating the snail people. They're like, we don't have food. We're building spirals. We're too busy building spirals. Also, yeah. again, spiral town, not in the movie. No. Yeah, no, none of no. that's in the movie. The, the, we're not talking about the plot of the movie very much because there is no plot of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, actually, the, the I would say that the like my teachable moment about... Are you getting into teachable moments? Are we getting into it now? I mean, we can. Do you guys have anything else to talk about? I could probably talk about the book for forever. Oh, right. yeah. Well, then let's move into teachable moments. Yeah. Then. But I, I would say, like, my teachable moment is you use your source material. Yeah. That is one of the biggest weaknesses between a book turning into a movie is the movie is usually bad if it doesn't rely on the strengths of the book. I see. I might disagree. I feel like books and movies are so vastly different mediums that, like, if the movie... If the book is more just inspired loosely by the movie, the book, it usually ends up much better than trying to stick closely to the book. Well, I do think that there are, okay, there's a great argument to be had where there are books that are better as movies, and there are uh, movies that are better as books. Right. Um, I think in this case, the problem is they didn't wait for the book to be done. Yeah. They were like, oh, there's a couple chapters of this great comic. We can make a movie about about it. That's that's good enough. Whereas, because they did that, they had no resolution for the ending, and so they just made up some bullshit. And They didn't even make anything up. They just ended it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they really just like... <laughs> they like put full stop at the end, and, and they didn't even try. Um, but, uh, I, I think that's part of the problem... And I'm not even talking specifically about movies. For example, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is good, but I would say that the weaker seasons have been the later seasons where they have gone ahead of the source material. They don't have it to fall back on. And so they're just making it up as they go. And making it up as you go can be work in your favor. Like, on Game of Thrones, there's definitely some things I think they've done that I don't think George R.R. R. Martin would have done yeah but there are also parts like in the last season where they're all on that like snow island and they somehow escape on the dragon yeah that's there's, fucking bullshit there, there's a lot of <laughs> uh 
going to the Game of Thrones, there's a lot of poor writing in when they're yeah. trying to make it up as they go. Yeah. And that's where they really struggle. So that's my my short and sweet teachable moment is I, I would say st- if you've got solid source material, fucking use it. Yeah. yeah. You know, take advantage of it. Yeah, agreed. Anyway. Yeah. Well, my teachable moment is that uh, first-time directors should not be leaning on their uh, presumable ability as visual uh, stylists. Like, if you're a first-time director, you should have a, a good screenplay and just let the screenplay do the work and heighten good material. For some reason, uh, this director chose to make his feature film debut with material like we said that is not only super complicated super effect heavy but also like arguably culturally sensitive like regardless of the culture that's seeing it it's like pretty gruesome and bizarre material that's going to be off-putting to most mainstream audiences now compared to something like the Coen Brothers first movie, which is a noir, which is a, an established genre, and it has like it centers around basically five characters, so it doesn't have a lot of moving pieces they have to focus on. And because the scenes are dialogue focused, they find ways to film it to make the dialogue scenes interesting and suspenseful. Whereas this time, this guy seems like he he he's read the novel or read what was out of the novel and was like spirals that's great all right we got to do some talking well we'll just film whatever because people won't care about that they're just going to care about the spirals and it seems like he had no like he, the lack of experience as a director seems to just like be screamingly obvious throughout yeah, it's this like movie. Yeah, like he fell on the gimmick rather than trying to yeah. make a movie. And so my teachable my teachable lesson really is yeah, if you're a first-time filmmaker, don't overshoot. This is definitely something I've learned myself through my own mistakes. Uh, you really got to start within your ability. You can impress people by staying in your lane and then once you impress people and they're like, oh, we'll give you some more money, you can be like Paul Thomas Anderson and make Boogie Nights or whatever. Like, that's, <laughs> you wait until you get the like the huge budget to do something crazy. You don't start... Well, yeah, because isn't his first movie, what, like three people? Heart Eight. Heart Eight is a very tiny cast. Another good example of this is The Celebration by Thomas Vinterberg, which is basically like a zero-budget movie that's one of the best it's literally the best dogma 95 movie and then his follow-up is a future secret cinema movie because it is a nightmare of what happens when you have too much money available what movie it's all about love uh but you have not seen it it's a it stars joaquin phoenix claire danes and sean penn so we will get around to it brother yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay all right well, RJ, do you have a teachable... Time to put you on the spot. Teachable yeah. moment? Yeah, I got a teachable right. moment. My teachable moment is, like, sort of two parts. So, um... That's and... not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna allow Just it. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so, the first part of this teachable moment is if you know your town is going to shit and gonna be basically gonna just be destroyed and everybody's gonna die, you should, like speak up and be a little bit more forward about <laughs> getting out of there. Which, Suichi was like, the spiral is taking over. We should elope, but really doesn't push for it or no. take the initiative at all. He just says it and is kind of a dick about it. Could he say it with less enthusiasm? No, absolutely not. <laughs> we should elope. And my second part of my teachable moment is if you 
don't initially know this, but um, start noticing that everybody's dying and there's all sorts of spirals and your hair fucking takes a life of its own <laughs> and all these things, you should leave. Like, go somewhere else. Yeah. Take a vacation at least. Like, yeah, those are my teachable moments. I feel like your teachable moment boils down to self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awareness of your surroundings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I can agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Paolo, how do we do? I think we did pretty good. Uh, uh, this has been another great episode of The Secret Manga. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, well, do we have another secret manga? No, but we do have another Japanese horror movie on the list. Do we have any other movies on the list that are based on graphic novels? I don't think so. We might, but probably not. There aren't too many uh, really, Oops. really exciting, weird uh, graphic novel adaptations, sadly. There Bummer. should be way more, but... Yeah, There's some really gonna... bad graphic novel adaptations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when are they going to make Black Hole a, a movie? David Fincher wanted to do it, uh, but it's, oh, but also, so but that's the thing, is the guy... You remember Snow White and the Huntsman? Yes. The yes. guy who directed that has been trying to make Black Hole for like a decade now. Snow like White and the even, Huntsman sucks. Yeah, oh, it's terrible, but that guy even filmed scenes from Black Hole <gasps> to be like, see, I could Dead? totally make it. Like, he, he did it independently with his own money. But also, I should mention, this is the guy who had the affair with uh, Kristen Stewart <laughs> that I'm talking about. Wow. Yeah, but he, like, re- like, his thing is he wants to be the guy who He's makes Black Hole. He's the guy who broke Robert Pattinson's heart? Yes, but he really wants I to make him. Black Hole. Um, I'm and... sorry, but Kristen Stewart is way cooler than Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Uh, disagree. Did you see Good Time? Did Strongly you see Good Time? Disagree. Um, okay, have good. you seen any of Kristen Stewart's interviews in the past three years? I have not. She's pretty cool. But Good Time was incredible. I Robert Pattinson is, I'm forever on his side for uh, Good Time. Uh, I'll send you cool, because I hated Kristen Stewart for a long time. But now <laughs> I, I don't hate right. Kristen Stewart, but I think Robert Pattinson is way better. Uh, Kristen Stewart's so cool now, though. But... I will say really... I can't argue with that. With with Black Hole, Black Hole is very similar to Uzumaki in a lot of ways where it's, like, kind of unfilmable. And Black Hole is also way longer. I feel like to actually get the plot of Black Hole, it would have to be a miniseries. I wish they would do, like, like what they did with Akira and make an animation-style Uzumaki. Yeah. Yeah. That movie would be fucking amazing. I think they can even do, like, a a 12-episode anime would be really cool yeah. of oh, Uzumaki, sure. you know, and it would really, I mean, you could basically directly translate it if you did it that way. Yeah, because it's, isn't it like 12 chapters? Yes, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So you do a one season anime and it could be really, really freaking good. Yeah, yeah. I'd watch that. Yeah. Man, the episode where they go to the hospital is going to be intense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, thanks for coming, RJ. Yeah, yeah thanks. thanks for having me, guys. It was yeah. a great time. Good, good. Glad to hear it. And thanks for listening, listeners. Yeah, thanks, everybody. This has been The Secret Manga. I'm Paolo. I'm Carrie. I'm RJ. Thanks for coming again, RJ. And we hope you'll come back and join us for a uh, better movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. songs and original music are written and performed by Ricardo Ortiz. Any additional music or samples are taken from the film featured on this week's episode. All logos and artwork are created by Carrie Chafee. You can follow Carrie on Instagram at Carrie Saw This, 
and see more of her artwork at www.carriechafee.com. You can watch Paolo's short films at www.vimeo.com slash or read more of his ramblings about film at www.letterbox.com slash Follow The Secret Cinema on Instagram at Secret Cinema Podcast, on Twitter at Covert Celluloid, or like us on Facebook. The Secret Cinema is a commentary and criticism podcast, and its use of film dialogue and film music for illustrative purposes falls under the fair use provisions of U.S. copyright law. The Secret Cinema is a product of Larry Lafey Productions. All rights reserved. Thanks for listening.